This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. Today we speak to Dana Grieber-Margi, one of the founders of the Bello Collective, the website and newsletter that previews podcasts about podcasts. Lion Babe is an American electro soul duo from New York City. They are made up of singer Julian Hervey and record producer Lucas Goodman. The track Rockets features Mo Mux on vocals. podcasts on a monthly basis and with there being possibly like a hundred thousand different podcasts out there is there a genre which podcasting hasn't touched yet is there a topic that hasn't been touched yet because that's a podcast i want to do i'm asking you for insider information here god i'm kind of going through all of my cycles in my head i i've had a few questions before where i said like Hey, does anybody know about an art history podcast? And at the time, no one spoke up and I could not find anything. But then 
in the past year, we've actually had a few art history podcasts comes up, come up. How about something pretty obscure like shoelaces? People do collect them. <laughs> is there a podcast about collecting shoelaces? No. You know what there also is not a podcast about is um, that I know of that I would watch or not watch, but listen to calendars and like bullet journaling and like just journaling oh, tips. Oh, come on. That, that, that doesn't sound particularly entertaining. Whereas shoelaces, you know, they come in all manner of colors, shapes, sizes. Some of them are fat. Some of them are like thin, like little drawstring things. Fascinating. But calendars, come on now. See, I never come into contact with shoelaces because all of my shoes are slip-on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a, there's a, a diminishing market because of Velcro and <laughs> slip-on shoes. So, all right, let, let's be serious. You are an expert. Uh, you're somewhat of a, an industry insider about the world of podcasting. How did you get to such a, 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 a vaunted uh, place? Oh, who knows? Um... All of this has actually been really a surprise. Um, so by training, I'm an archivist. Mm -hmm. um, so I work with historical materials and I do basically the antithesis to, you know, like following trends and industry and, and definitely against making money. Like we do not make any money. So- Well, um, you sound like a typical podcaster then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So my kind of my origin story is that I, I just realized that I listened to a lot of podcasts and I decided to start a little tiny letter on it. And I actually started the tiny letter because of Roman Mars and his 99% Invisible mm -hmm. show. He always, you know, ended the show with a tiny letter ad. And I just woke up one day and I said, I could just share what I listened to with my friends. And I really thought it was going to be like, the people who subscribed were going to be my parents and my friends. Mm -hmm. um, I got a lucky break that Jake Shapiro from PRX and now Radio Public app, he mentioned me in the Wall Street Journal. And I don't know how he found me. I, I didn't follow that. I was just shocked. I saw, I saw in the Wall Street Journal. And the funniest part about that was so many people started to subscribe to my newsletter that I thought somehow I had been like reverse spammed. Um, <laughs> until finally someone pointed out like sweetie you were mentioned in the wall street journal <laughs> so you yeah. so this was a tiny letter ad which then prompted you to set up this newsletter so you bought a product that was mentioned on the end of a podcast so do you have a casper bed no but i think blue apron they, do you have that as a delivery service oh wow yeah i use stamps.com no i'm not a stamps.com user um i believe in the u.s postal service I have looked into MeUndies, and I've looked into Bowl and Branch, mm -hmm. and what are some other ones? But they've been too expensive for me. So I, I actually get pretty much all of my ads from podcasts now. It's a good job then that there is actually Blue Apron, because that's a food one, and that's in the last nine months. So I'm hoping that you've only started listening to podcasts in the last nine months, because otherwise you'd have starved to death if you're only getting all your advertising <laughs> stimuli from podcasts. But <laughs> let, let's be serious for a moment. This podcasting medium is incredibly big. As a writer of the medium, how do you ever hope to cover it if there are at least in the English language anyway, near oh. as damn it, 100,000 of the things. I know, actually, we went through some ups and downs with um, Bellow Collective that mm -hmm. um, kind of when it felt like it was exploding too fast for us to keep up, 
we had some real, you know, questionable, like, can we keep up? Do we want to keep doing this? And especially what was hard was keeping up with stuff that didn't naturally interest us, that we weren't curious about, but we saw that the industry was curious about it in some way, right? Can, can you give us an um, example of that? There's been a few Gimlet shows, like um, Crime Town, mm-hmm. that um, was really big. The Pitch is now recently taken over by Gimlet and and including like some of the new seasons of Startup. And it wasn't that I was against, that I didn't think it was well done. I thought all of those were well done. They just didn't naturally pique my personal interest. Same thing goes for, there's a few things from like Motherboard, um, like podcasts that are about technology and apps, like Slack mm-hmm. had their own podcast for a while. That just didn't, didn't pique my interest. And that's one of the reasons I think actually that Bella Collective work better for us because we're, we're trying to go kind of for some beat writers where it doesn't interest me personally, so I don't want to fake write about it. So that's why I can get somebody else to do that. Hmm. I'll tell you the, the genre which I just, I must admit, I think is absolutely done to death is true crime. Oh my um, God. Like, yeah. like everybody, I was swept along with, with Serial. I only got, I think, an episode and a half into season two of Serial and, and, I, and I gave up because I just wasn't so invested in the character. The main character it was as simple as that. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I, you know what? I don't need to hear another true crime podcast. I, I really don't. Yeah. And I'd, I'd be really yeah. interested to get your take on this. Too many podcasts are, for me, are derivative. And, and and that that is the thing for yeah, me. Yeah, tell me more about that. What do you mean by that? Well, there is w- one bit of success, uh, serial true crime, mm-hmm. and then you have there must be easily ten thousand of the things, and you know, with, with and that's just being slightly conservative. And <laughs> I understand that on the very face of it, the content is somewhat compelling who doesn't like stories of jack the ripper and in effect you know somebody being a sherlock holmes and uncovering who doesn't uh, want to solve the mystery yeah exactly but actually when that format has been laid down by serial or whoever then it becomes painting by numbers if you're going to be not even the the third or the fourth person to market with that but the 50th the 100th the, the 550th person you know. I think you kind of hit on a nail that I find interesting is I find that if it's like kind of like a documentary investigative reporting mm-hmm. um, serialized true crime, I'm fairly interested because it often gets into questions about like the justice system yes. or how we go through just the whole process or like the media effect on crime. But the ones that I don't like are actually the more indie. Sword and Scale, I am not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it very problematic. And a lot of the true crimes are like kind of victim blaming and giddy with excitement over the murderer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, in America, and I'm sure in, in London right now, there's, there's a lot of big questions about gun violence and mental health and um sometimes true crimes just are very very tone deaf so it's kind of an interesting like indie versus a a podcast that might have backing from like a newspaper for example Uh, absolutely absolutely (laughs) suppose the question is really now dana 
how will this true crime wave end? How how will it end? <laughs> so what's interesting about that question is um, I have been kind of on a crusade for how to archive podcasts. And the example I keep talking about is that in 50 years, in 75 years, in 100 years, scholars, researchers, and your grandchildren are going to want to know why there was this huge spate of true crime podcasts in 2016. What facilitated this social anxiety over over crime? Do um, you think, do you think, the answer <laughs> to that question is in the lyrics of how it all ends by Divochka. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe that's why I like this song so much. Now I want to look at the lyrics again. There is no escape. Yeah. Pretty dark, at least in a melodically, piece of music. Very spacey, very cinematic, very noiry. It doesn't half sound like it could actually go with a true crime podcast. Tell, tell me why you like it. It's just so deeply beautiful. It got me through a lot of night of dark thoughts. So I started listening to it. I first heard it when I was in college. And um, college was kind of a tough time. And as I've grown older, the song changes with every experience I have. As more of my loved ones or friends' loved ones and their parents have passed away, I see it in a different way. As I kind of just grow up and become more of an adult, I see it in a different way. Um, and sometimes in the moments when I'm like full of despair, I see it in the same way as I used to in college. Um, it's just a very 
the line, they poked a million holes. Sometimes you just feel like the world is taking shots at you, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just a, a way to just, just deeply get into the music. And it's just, it's so beautiful. And it's also such a long song that you can you can draw out your despair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that sounds particularly attractive or appealing, drawing out your but, despair. But, but sometimes you need to, and then you, you know, it's a little catharsis. That's what okay. it is. All right. Um, <laughs> this is something which is deeply beautiful. Tell me about an immersive podcast that I probably don't even know exists. You know, one of the most immersive ones I found lately is um, it's very atmospheric is the term I always use to describe mm -hmm. it called The Bridge. And it's um, an audio drama, which I think is, is a, a huge thing right now. And it's going to just keep getting bigger and better. It takes place on a watchtower in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean mm -hmm. um, in an alternative future where they have built a transatlantic bridge across to the, the UK and the continent. And everything went badly, badly wrong when they discovered that the Atlantic Ocean had monsters in it. It's very immersive. You feel kind of like you are surrounded on all sides by ocean. Have wow. you ever heard of it? I haven't, but I'm going to add it to a podcatcher of, of my choice straight after this interview. Um, Are you into um, audio drama at all? I'm going to say, yeah, but no, but yeah, because being, <laughs> being a fan of Radio 4, uh, that kind of comes staple with it. Uh -huh. But actually, for my podcast listening, I distill it all the way down to stuff I can actually learn from and, and use in, in the practical world. So I don't listen to comedy podcasts anymore. I used to. The, the, the Complete Guide to Everything, I used to love that. Um, I used to listen to The Bugle, and I don't anymore. And, the, and the, both of those are brilliant podcasts. But I've just said to myself, mm -hmm. don't give me any jokes. Entertain me purely with knowledge and analysis of the news. So I don't listen to audio drama anymore. Well, if I ever did, I'd I, I listen to it occasionally on Radio 4, I, I'd bump into it, but I never listen to it in podcast form. Yeah, I understand. But, but Night Vale was the podcast that really kind of kick-started all of that, wasn't it? I think so. I mean, to be fair, audio drama has been very, very popular since the start of radio. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, in this in this day and age, I think there's some uh, there's some podcasts that look back to radio drama and we're doing it all along. But I think Welcome to Night Vale introduced a new kind of medium that instead of it being an audio drama that in emphasized the word drama, it was more of a using the medium, using our knowledge and context about community radio or something like that mm -hmm. to tell the story, which I thought felt very new at the time. Well, you made me think about my output and kind of didn't really want to say this, but I think it's incredibly apt that with my 10 American presidents and with How Jamaica Conquered the World, I'm deliberately trying to cross pollinate the two genres there that it is it's just plain history there are just facts but I am kind of amping up the dramatic music and trying to make it an immersive somewhat dramatic story uh, and that was a, a, a deliberate ploy of mine but <laughs> but let, 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 less about me so we, we need to start to wrap this up so um, okay. tell us what are the the top three podcasts in terms of maybe downloads quality and unless that you like them and, and tell us why you think they are the hits that they are oh my gosh you know the thing about podcasts though is that there might be top hits but that i don't agree with the top hits oh brilliant you tell me you tell me what is currently riding high in the itunes charts and tell me why you disagree with it 
I have to admit something to you. Um, I don't follow the iTunes charts. Partly because I don't use iTunes, or I guess now it's Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. I actually use Pocket Casts. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that for some reason, Pocket Casts have made some weird choices with their featured items. For example, Ear Hustle, the new show out from the Radiotopia team, Mm -hmm. that only got um, a very, very quick debut and it went over to this other podcast called Independence which is just about three people who are app developers who are just talking and I don't get why Ear Hustle got booted so quickly. There's that um, that I disagree with them but in iTunes what is popular right now? I think Ear Hustle is really popular right now and I I agree with that. My dad wrote a porno? Ah there's that one. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree with that one, though. It's funny. It's really funny. And very unique. Yeah. And very unique. And I think that is something that's a pretty good example of what could never have been made outside of a podcast. There's one that's really funny. The new McElroy Brothers will be in Trolls 2. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. All right. Let's end it by being impolite. Tell me about the worst podcast you've ever had to sit through and listen. You know what I did not like that came out of your part of the country? Um, Don't be slagging off Britain now. <laughs> the Dan Morgan story, the Daniel Morgan. I, I don't know it. Give it us was the a true setup. crime. Mm-hmm. Untold, the Daniel Morgan murder. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually even won an award. It was a lot of um, big, big uh, talk without a lot of follow up. I'll go on that. I-, I love Britain though, so it's not about Britain. It's just about the. <laughs> Dana, we're going to have to say goodbye to you. But before we go, tell people where they can find your wondrous writing about podcasts and all things uh, podcastical. <laughs> Thank you. Well, on Twitter, I am at The Audio Signal. But you can find our writing and the Bellow Collective at bellowcollective.com. You can also find us actually on Twitter at Bellow Collective. Dana. Thank you for coming on to Friday 15. Yeah, thank you. This is great. Everybody now is refreshing their podcast feeds and they're downloading things on your recommendation. (laughs) I hope so. Fab, simple, easy, we're done. Yeah, that was great.
Kids are an American indie rock band from Long Beach, California. In February 2017, they released their lead single, Love is Mystical, from their sixth studio album, L.A. Divine. Girl is the first single taken from Eve's second album, Scorpion. Real shit, spit reality. Attitude rude, that's the Philly and I. 
Need me in the game, I'm the thrill in your life. Breath of fresh air. Little boys hang me on they wall, I grow them chest hair. Why you listen to other shit? You got the best hair. Come on, try your luck, shorty. I got the rest scared. Bet you anything, you ain't ready and you get left there. Ain't known for fronting vouch for my behavior. Same way they get down, I get down for this paper. 16, me from my pen, so you can test. I still need to know who I am and cop the record. Take it like a class on me and learn the lesson. Bottom line, my word, my way, and the question. Friday 15. You can also find us on Twitter where you can follow me where I'm at Royfield spelled R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D. Now every Thursday you can jump onto Twitter and tweet me and nominate a song for me to put into this week's Friday 15. iTunes reviews folks are extremely important. They're the lifeblood of any podcast. Please go onto iTunes and write us a a glowing review and don't forget finally you can email me from royfield r-o-i-f-i-e-l-d at gmail.com see you all again in seven days time for more good music and great conversation <laughs>